I'm Carolyn Murray's personal assistant. May I help you out? <laughs> Good morning, Bill Slick Willie Sharp. How are you this morning? What's up, Bill? I'm so happy to talk to you. Well, I am happy to talk to you. Today is Friday, October 29th, and Bill, you don't have a job to go to today. You know what? I don't, and I am busier today than I ever am at work. What's wrong with that picture, Melvin? <laughs> His deep baritone requires no introduction when he enters a room. Bill Sharp is a legend in South Carolina. He developed his skills as a broadcaster while still in college and has never pursued any other path until now. I anchored Evening News with Bill Sharp when I worked at WCSC-TV between 1989 to 2001. I spoke with my mentor and dear friend on the very first day of his retirement after 48 years on the Live 5 News Anchor Desk. What do you do on your first day of retirement? I guess some of the things you were already doing, right? Yeah, this day, Dolly, is not going to... Should I call you? I guess, do people understand that I know you as Dolly and not Carolyn? I love when you call me Dolly. <laughs> Folks need to know that that's what I grew up calling you was Dolly, not Carolyn. That's Carolyn right. Your professional <laughs> name, and I am one of the few folks who knows that it's really Carolyn. That's right. That's right. How about that. Well, but I grew up calling you Dolly, so if you're comfortable with that, I'll, I'll just keep calling you Dolly. And you, you are can call me Slick Willie if you want to. You that's are right. always the gentleman. You are always the gentleman. So I appreciate you asking that and you know i will allow you to answer your question but i take so much of what i've learned from you uh through the years that we worked together as an anchor team and that i watched you as a reporter when i worked at channel five i take that with me every day bill every day i take that with me and i i i'm very happy and reporters will tell you i attribute it to you. I say, you know, Bill taught me this and Bill taught me that or whatever. And it's, it's everything when you've learned from someone who really cares and gave you such meaningful skills that will carry you the rest of your life. That's the kind of thing that you do. And you do it in just such an easy way. I appreciate that. Always the teacher. Well, you're so nice to say that, Dolly, but you took it and ran with it. And now I could learn from you. I could sit, uh, sit at the feet of the of the master, or in your case, the mistress, and learn from the best because you took what little I gave you and you ran with it. Now look at you. Man, everybody loves Dolly. Oh, excuse me. Carolyn Bill, how did you decide this would be the year that you would retire? You know, Dolly, that is a good question. I I was intending to retire last year, about this time. Um, and the boss called me in and he said, hey, Bill, i got a deal for you. Will you stay if we just make you work four days a week 
except during ratings months, which means, as you know, eight months out of the year, I just work four days a week. And I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. So I said, I'll sign it up in a skippy minute. And I did it. <laughs> and then I got used to just working four days a week, Dolly. And as you know, we're in the November book now. And uh, so I came to him about two months ago and I said, Dan, if I complete my contract, which was until the end of this year, does that mean that in November this month or next month, uh, I'll have to work five days a week? And he, he laughed. He said, well, Bill, that was our deal. During ratings months, you have to work five days a week. Well, I was so used to taking off Fridays. I said, Dan, would you feel okay if I cut the contract short by two months and retired before the November book? So I wouldn't have to work five days. Oh, my goodness. And he laughed at me, Dolly. He laughed. He said, sure. So that's what happened. Wow. So just that easily, you just, you know, and I imagine it had everything to do with being with Catherine and the children. A lot of that, Dolly. But it also has to do with um, it wasn't fun like it used to be. You know, when you and I were doing the news together, we had a blast. You would make me laugh so hard sometimes during commercials. <laughs> I, I had to change my defense. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we had such a blast doing the news together. It was fun. You know, we did a little news, but we had so much fun during the commercials or when we were off the air. And and I just love the heck out of that. I was distressed when you left, but you, know, you went to Chicago for a great offer. But anyway, um, so it's not... It's now not not as much fun. I've done it. I've done everything there is to do, as you have, a thousand times over. And it got, I don't know, it got to where I just didn't enjoy going in anymore, except for the people. The people I love, but the work was getting, uh, it was getting to be tough to go to work. It just wasn't fun anymore. And you know, I'm no spring chicken now, baby. I'm, I'm 71, just turned 71. And I, That's breaking news. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel good. I still got my health for the most part. I'm a little bit fat, but, you know, other than that, you need to put me on one of your diets. Work me out of the gym like you used to do. But so I thought, why not go ahead and retire at the top of my game? Now's the time. You know, Dolly, you'll find this too. You know when it's time. And I thought, this is my time. So, there we go. So, I will know when it's time, huh? Yeah, but you've got plenty of good years left in you, and you are at the top of your game, young lady. And I say young lady, <laughs> truthfully, because just about everybody's young to me. <laughs> Bill, this is not supposed to at all be about me, but somehow you've turned this around as you are a skilled and masterful communicator. And now you've turned this around to be about me. We are talking about you. And we never even really talked about all that you had in this day. But I will move on with the conversation and just say that um, you've given us a lot. You've given this entire community a lot. And certainly you've given a lot of yourself. You've sacrificed time with your family and, and with your friends. And, you know, we greatly appreciate it. So I, I really want to be clear about how much we appreciate the time and commitment you've 
given us in terms of being um, an effective informer, an empathetic storyteller. You know, it, it, it means a lot to us and we are very sad to see you go, but we know that there is probably still much more that you will do, perhaps, I don't know, you, you tell us, will you continue to work in the community or will you just kind of quietly move away and start doing things that you've always wanted to do? That's a great question, Dolly. And, you know, the same thing could be said of you. You have given so much back to the community. I mean, look what you just did. Uh, you did that uh, fundraiser for the Charleston Animal Society that was a terrific, terrific session. Thank success. you, Joe. By Thank the you. way, you look hot in that dress. <laughs> I want to tell you that. I hope my wife didn't hear this. You're the one now who's giving back to the community and helping raise money for the Charleston Animal Society, which, by the way, uh, has my heart. I know. Wonderful. I remember your days of you every once in a while you would bring bear into the uh station when we were downtown on east bay street and you would bring your dog in <laughs> and i know you are still very much an animal lover i've always been a dog person Dolly, but uh, when i got married to Catherine, i inherited two kitty cats mm -hmm. so now i'm not just a dog man i'm a kitty cat man too and i love them i just love all animals and that's why what you did in in that very successful fundraiser and leading that touched my heart so let me thank you for that now we really can't talk about my life without talking about your life too because your life is so deeply entwined with mine. I mean, I went to your wedding. <laughs> I, you know, when you married that wonderful guy, I saw Reese growing Speaking of Reese, how's Reese doing? <laughs> Slick Willie, this is not about me. This is not about me. You're not going to turn this on me. Let's talk about you. You know, when I think of you, and I think a lot of people, and, and I hope you know that it is only because we love you so much, we can imitate you, and we do that one shoulder lean in, that pen in one hand. I don't remember. I know you are a lefty, but I'm not sure if you hold the pen in your left hand or your right hand. And then you say, folks. I mean, was that something that just happened naturally over the years in terms of how you communicated powerful stories to us that you knew that you had to be serious in terms of how you were sitting, that lean, looking us dead in the eye. How did that come about? You know, you don't think about that, Dolly. You, as you well know, you just, you try to be yourself. And if it's serious news, you're serious. And I don't think about the lean or my posture, which is terrible, by the way. Uh, but uh, you just, you just sit there and you try to talk to somebody person to person, and you just try, if it's bad news, and it often is in my business, our business, as you know, you just, uh, you try to be sincere and just tell it like it is. And if it's sad, you have to, you have to deliver that too. And I just try to, to uh, deliver it in a tone and a voice that's serious, and they know I'm serious. Uh, and uh, that's what you do. What stories stick out in your mind and someone who has been in front of the camera for nearly 50 years? I know there are a lot of stories. So the question might 
be unfair, but I'm sure there are some stories that you think about very often and have perhaps changed your life in some way. Three stories changed my life. Three stories, Dolly, changed my life. First, it was the coverage of the aftermath of Hurricane Hugo. You came to Channel 5 that year, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that story changed my life for weeks. Uh, Our way of life was disrupted. We couldn't get back to normal. And uh, I worked, we simulcast 12 hours a day initially uh, on radio and TV to give people practical advice where you could get fresh water where you can get a hot meal, who's got the electricity on, which hospital is back running, how long would it be before your neighborhood gets power back? That story really was tough for me, and there were times when I would go off by myself and just cry, just cry. It got to me that much. The second story that that tore me up and changed me was the Charleston Nine. When I when I covered the the firefighters who died uh, at the Sofa Superstore fire, uh, that that really bothered me because I knew people who knew the firefighters very well. My wife was was a neighbor to one of the firefighters. But what really got me, Dolly, what really changed my life uh, was covering the aftermath of the tragedy of Mother of Man. Understandably. And I... um... I can say just I got chills hearing you describe the the three of those because as a journalist, I was a part of those three stories as well. And certainly um, it leaves an indelible mark on your in your head and your heart. And it does change you because we are a very close community. We all know someone if we aren't directly impacted, we know someone who is and ultimately we are impacted as well. So. I appreciate you you sharing that, Bill, and I know that everyone will, you know, absolutely shake their heads and say they too were affected by those stories. Um, let's go back a little bit to your childhood. You grew up in this community. Your parents were um, very well known in the community by students and in other ways. Your dad, if I remember correctly, was a principal. Your mother, a psychiatrist. But people might not know that you were, in fact, a tennis champion. Is that right? I was always a mediocre tennis player. I won a few tournaments, but it was I wasn't I was far from the best in this area. I played a little tennis in college at Emory, uh, but I was just always a mediocre tennis player. But loved it, loved the sport, and played from you know uh, I guess a ten or eleven is when I started playing. And uh, to this day, I still hobble around the court, but only playing doubles. <laughs> I got two new knees a few years ago, and the doctor said, Bill, I know you love tennis. He said, here's the deal. You can play doubles tennis, but I don't want you playing singles tennis. It's too tough on your new knees. So, Dolly, that's what I do. I, I play once or twice a week. I play doubles tennis. And it's a far cry from the way I used to play tennis as a young man. Uh-huh. But we have the old farts out here. <laughs> and we have, a, we have a blast. Oh, that's great. That's great. Bill, you know, um, we, we know that you always speak 
in a way in terms of your broadcast delivery is always very simple language. But you are a, a strict grammarian. Um, you are very careful about your choice of words and, and how you speak. That's important to you, isn't it? Well, I'm a grammar Nazi. Uh, <laughs> and I, I learned that from my mother. She drilled that into me, you know, morning, noon, and night. She was from middle Georgia, Dolly. And she had this sweet southern syrupy accent. And she called me Biddick. And she said, Biddick, you can't say that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, mother. And she said, let me explain to you why. So I grew up with another grammar Nazi as my mother, and uh, I guess that apple don't fall far from the tree. You shared a lot. Of, you shared a lot of those words of wisdom with me, and I think of them all the time when I'm speaking, when I'm writing. I don't necessarily think what would Bill say or what would Bill tell me to say. It's just I remember things that you told me and why it was so important. And I am so grateful for that. You do the same thing, I know, right now, or at least up until yesterday, in the newsroom with other young reporters. But has it changed? I mean, I started some... 35 or so years ago, um, I don't know how many years, back in 89, I walked into the Channel 5 newsroom. But has it changed in terms of how you work with reporters and other anchors who are much younger than we are? The sad news now, Dolly, is that uh, we, don't, we don't give the training uh, to young reporters that we should. And not just with grammar, but with doing what you and I have been doing for so long. We we now sometimes tend to throw them out there and say, good luck. You're going to either sink or swim. And many of them swim. Some of them sink. And that's not the way it should be, in my opinion, Dolly. We should, we should work with young reporters. We should nurture them. And we can work with them enough until they're comfortable doing what they do before we move on to the next phase. For example, Dolly, nobody does a better live shot than you. But you know as well as I do, that's not the simplest thing to do. It is now for you and me because we've done it for so long, right? Not if you saw my live shot last night, you wouldn't say that. If you throw some young, you know, newbie uh, out there and say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to cover the Charleston Animal Society benefit with Carolyn Murray. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do a live intro. Oh, by the way, get an interview with Carolyn if you can. And if you can't, talk to somebody from the Animal Society. I want you to put all that together in a package. I want you to edit it. And, of course, you're going to be manning the camera all by yourself. And don't forget, you start with a live shot, and then you'll end with a live shot. Really, darling? I mean, really? That's hard enough for you and me. Right. But to, to put somebody out there to do that on their own, I mean, it's just incredibly tough. You shouldn't put somebody out live on location until he or she's had enough experience doing packages, doing stories to where they're starting to get comfortable. And adding to that, in 2021, the requirement for social media contact, as you and I know, years ago, 
people came home and watched the six o'clock news. And that was the way they got information that day. And they perhaps received um, the um, news and courier in the morning and the evening post at night. Well, things have changed. We have the ability to communicate and get information immediately through social media. How has that changed the way you communicate with your public and with your viewers and listeners and readers? Oh my gosh, dramatically, dramatically, Dolly. For example, none of my kids, not, I've got six. We've got a blended family. I've got three, Catherine has three. None of our kids watches the evening news. They just don't do it. They didn't grow up doing it, unfortunately. So what they do is they get on their phones or their tablets or their computers and, you know, get news in their feeds, which means that you and I, being the good journalists that we are, that I used to be, um, have to post uh, all the time and frequently on social media, Facebook, uh, other media platforms, to get to reach the people who, who are in our audience. So yeah, we don't just do the news anymore. We become experts on posting on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever. And that, as you know, as you know as well as I, perhaps better than I, is the way we communicate now with so many people, not just the news. And by the way, what we do too is we say, say I say, I say I'm talking to Carolyn Murray today on her podcast. I might put that on my Facebook page to let more people know to tune in to your podcast. And I hope you will. You know, the other big celebrity in the house is William. He has quite the following. Tell us about your son. Well, that's, Dolly, that is so interesting. It came about by accident. One day, William has always entertained me and, and his, uh, his teachers in school from elementary school on up. And uh, my first inclination that, that he entertainer was when the principal would call me up or, or the teacher from each school and say, you know, uh, your little fellow's pretty interesting. He likes to talk. He, uh, We do a uh, little school newscast, and he always is the anchor man. <laughs> so I said, okay. So one day, I was just messing around, and I said, wait, let's do a little video. Okay, Dad. So we did, and I posted the video thinking nothing of it, and the response was incredible. So now, Dolly, I don't post as much as I used to, but now we get people in Ireland, oh in goodness. Egypt, in Paris, in oh London, uh, in Scotland, in Ireland, all over the world looking at William's video. So he has become, in his own way, a superstar. I'll go out to dinner, for example, and take William. People don't want to talk to me. They want to see William. Well, they'll come up to him, and William, bless his heart, will often fire you. He'll, he's got these pet phrases. He'll say, hey, Carolyn, you're fired. <laughs> or put your hands behind your back. You're getting arrested. You're going down. <laughs> William is funny, and he is, he's an amazing little kid. He most certainly is, and, and I was fired. I was fired at a um, 
first day school festival by Williams. So that was one of the great moments of my life. I mean, you, you haven't lived until you've been fired by Williams. So I appreciate That's right. that. That's right. <laughs> if you do that, that means, you know, that you, you're of the highest estimation he could give you if he fires you. That means he thinks the world of You've made it. You've made it. <laughs> Bill, you've interviewed a lot of people, presidents, um, sitting presidents, as well as other dignitaries, other lawmakers, but I know it's also important, just as important to you when you interview someone who lives down the street from you, whose child, you know, opened up a lemonade stand. So, but tell me some of your favorite interviews, some that are most memorable to you. Oh, my goodness, Dolly. Let's see. Uh, I went to the White House and interviewed Ronald Reagan, and he was a hoot. Funny. Just told great stories. Uh, he was just a, a genuinely easy guy to to talk to. Um, uh, who else have I interviewed? Uh, interviewed, as you have, I'm sure, the governor. Here comes a helicopter. I'm outside. Hold on a second. Oh, my God. Somebody's, it's like somebody's been carried to MUSC. Um, I've interviewed just a whole bunch of people uh, down through the years, Dolly. And, uh, but as you pointed out, uh, I interviewed uh, Donald Trump. That was a terrific interview as he was running for president. And Dolly, I got to tell you, when I interviewed President Reagan, interviewed him two or three times, I interviewed him when he was running for president. In 1979, I think, and I interviewed uh, him and his wife, and uh, I had a sense, a feeling, uh, that he was going to win the election and beat Jimmy Carter. So I went back to the station and I said, hey, everybody, I just interviewed uh, uh, Governor Ronald Reagan. He was the governor of California back then, and his wife, and I think he's going to be the next president. And they kind of laughed at me. Well, sure enough. It was, he won in a landslide. So then I interviewed Donald Trump. Let's fast forward to uh, 2016. The election hadn't been held yet. Maybe it was 2015. No, it was 16. He was running for president, and uh, I snagged an interview with him. Great interview. Great interview with him. And I went back to the station, and I told my people, I said, look, I've got this feeling again that I had when I interviewed Ronald Reagan that uh, Donald Trump's going to be the next president, darned if he wasn't elected. So those were fun interviews, but what I enjoyed the most, Dolly, was I did something, and I think you do something comparable. I did something we call the Hall of Fame Award. I inherited that from Charlie. We used to call it the Charlie Hall of Fame when Charlie Hall, our esteemed weatherman, did it. I inherited that when he he got tired of it, and we, we called it the Hall of Fame. And I got, and still get to this day, the biggest kick out of surprising people <laughs> in the community who are doing outstanding work in their own communities, and you surprise them with a Hall of Fame award. You give them a little pen, and you put them on TV. And that, to me, gives me great, great satisfaction. Oh, my goodness. I remember that very well, and I can think of people very often when I would go in a store and they might bring someone from the back of the kitchen or, you know, point to someone who's standing at a register or just talk about the fact that their 
grandmother or grandfather was in the Hall of Fame. So it really did and does mean a lot to people to be recognized, right? Absolutely. You're very kind to say that, Dolly. You really are. But it, it, it was more than what it did to them. Uh, it really moved me when you see how much you can mean to somebody else's life by giving them an award. I mean, that just, uh, it, it humbles you and it makes you appreciate uh, the job that you have been given to do. It really is wonderful. Why did you become a journalist? Gosh, Dolly, that, that is a multifaceted and tough question to answer. Um, I, uh, I don't know how I got into TV, to be honest with you. I, it's kind of an accident. I, when I was at Emory, I worked at the, uh, at the uh, university radio station. Did a little, had my own little show there. I was a disc jockey kind of a thing. And uh, I came back to Charleston during summer vacations each year, you know, when we had three months off. And I had a strong mother figure. And uh, uh, mother one day told me, she said, Billy, in her Georgia accent, <laughs> uh, I've got a friend who owns a radio station around here. His name is Chuck Smith. He owns WTMA. And he's got it open. I want you to go talk to him. I said, Mom, I'm not really interested. She said, Billy, I pay your tuition at Emory. It's a lot of money. You'll take that to interview and you'll do it tomorrow. I said, yes, ma'am. So I went over and talked to Chuck Smith and he said, Bill, we got an opening and they hired me. And so every summer after that, when I'd come home uh, from school, I worked uh, as a newsman at WTMA in the morning and had a blast. And I got to tell you, Dolly, it was good for me, not just in the sense of giving me experience, but I was a very shy, uh, believe it or not, shy, insecure guy. And forcing myself to interview people, to call people, to ask them what was going on with the news really helped bring me out. So that was a, a very important milestone in my life. Wow, I would have, I, I'm so surprised to hear that. And I, um, I'm really glad you shared that because I never would have thought that you were shy or considered yourself shy because you seem so extroverted and so comfortable with speaking to people. So I'm, I'm very surprised to hear that. Bill Sharp, shy? Well, I am now, Dolly. I'm 71 and now I love it. You know, I love speaking to crowds as you do and it shows. <laughs> I love people uh, and, and talking to people and that shows for you and for me. But I wasn't always like that. And now, you know, Dolly, a lot of what you and I do, and, and let's be honest, we're in the same business. A lot of what you and I do depends on confidence. If we're confident, we feel like we can do anything. Mm -hmm. But what, a lot of what you and I do uh, it involves confidence, as I said. If you, and you know this, Dolly, deep down, maybe not even deep down. If you're confident, if you're feeling good, you can do anything. And I've seen you do anything. You've been great. And it's the same way with any performer. And to a degree, we are performers. We deliver the news. 
but we are performing. And the way you get confidence is to do something over and over and over again until you master it and you realize, hey, I can do this. This isn't so bad. This isn't so tough. Well, it is tough, Dolly, but we have mastered it. And so with that confidence comes the ability to to do just about anything in our business. You've gotten there, and I've been blessed to have finally gotten there, too. Confidence. <laughs> Phil, you, you are something special. What will you do next? Boy, I don't know, Dolly. I, I have promised myself that I'm not doing anything in terms of work until after the first of the year. Mm-hmm. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. We've got Christmas coming up. And I've never been able in 48 years to devote full time to family during those two important, important holidays. I will this year. So I promised myself I'm not doing jack until after the first of the year. But on the other hand, Dolly, you know, I've been working since I was, what, 18, maybe? full-time since I was 21. So that's a long time to work. And I'm sure that uh, either Catherine will kick me out of the house (laughs) or I will feel the need to do something. Uh I want to give back to this community, which has been so good to me and you. Uh, I'm thinking about doing volunteer work in prisons Mm -hmm. on a part-time basis. Uh, Those guys in prisons need our help. We can inspire them. We can educate them. We can help them. And I want to do that. I want to get back to them. But I also, you know, feel like I need to do something. So if Carol and Murray needs her house cleaned or her toilets cleaned or the backyard mowed or need somebody to take care of Reese when she comes home from college, you just let me know and I'll be there. Phil, I appreciate that. And let me say, you don't owe us anything. You have given your entire life to this community. But I am inspired by the fact that you still feel compelled to do more. If you decide to do that, I know you will do your very best. And I know people will be inspired by what you do and what you say. But you have given us more than most. So... Enjoy your retirement. This has been one of the greatest moments of my career to speak with you at this time in your career because you, I mean, I just, you have no idea how much you influenced me as a journalist. I can't even believe it. I'm feeling this way that you really have. There is not a day that when I'm on that desk that you are not with me in terms of how you taught me to be respectful of the people who give their attention to you every night. You make it seem easy, but I know it took a lot of work and it took a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And so that is to be commended. You have influenced a lot of people And our community is so incredibly grateful for all that you've given us. So Godspeed to you, my friend. Well, I know a lot of people have said it to you, but I'm only saying it to you because it needs to be said and because 
I mean, it's the truth. So thank you, Slick Willie. The best of retirement to you. Enjoy your family. And if we need some work done around the house, if we need hedges clipped or something, I will call you because I have it on tape that you said you will do it. <laughs> now, Tom, baby, you make me laugh. We, you know, it was just so good to talk to you again, and it just brings back great memories of, of your anchoring with me, uh, and we had such a great time. Now, I have one favor to ask you before we go. Absolutely. Anything. Well, you don't know now. You haven't heard this. <laughs> you better wait to hear it first time before you agree to it. Before I die, and hopefully that won't be anytime soon, before I go home to Jesus, and I'm 71, before Jesus calls me home, just one time, I want to go into a gym with you and have you give me a gentle, gentle <laughs> Carolyn Murray workout. Because you, you, you have won awards. People don't know this about you. You have won awards for bodybuilding. So would you, do you think you'll find the time before I go home to Jesus to, to just take me in the gym one time and show me some basic moves? I would be honored to do that. And then you know what? We'll use one of those platforms and show people what we still got. It may not be much, but whatever we have, we'll prove it. <laughs> I ain't got much left, Molly. That's why I need you to show me. I need to get back in shape. I haven't been in shape in about 50 years. But uh, I would dearly love to have you give me some exercises that I could do uh, and 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 hopefully uh, continue to do. All right. Well, you got it. That would be my pleasure and my honor. All right. <laughs> William Bill Sharp, Slick Willie to me, thank you so much for spending this time with me on the first day of your retirement after 48 years at WCSC-TV. You are a masterful communicator and storyteller and a great community servant. We have been so honored to watch you work over the years. Thank you so much for all that you've done and we wish you the very best in retirement. Dolly, that was such a nice interview, and thank you very much, and I hope to see you soon in the gym. Okay, bye-bye. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon and Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time.